Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dyslexia Jewels. We are here to inspire you, and I'm excited for our show today. I'm here today with my co-host, Presley Garland, our official teen advisor. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and I'm excited to, our special guest today is Denise McFarlane. Hi, Denise. Hi. <laughs> Um, a little bit about Denise. Um, she has been a teacher for 33 years. She is a tutor for children with dyslexia. She is also the president of Solid Foundation Learning and the founder of The Brain Box. That's Thank awesome. you for having me this evening. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. We are excited I to have you. <laughs> I'm excited to talk with you. So since you are a teacher in a regular classroom, what are some signs that alert you that there might be a learning issue within that classroom? That's a really good question. Uh, I will tell you that most of my experiences at the elementary level between first and fourth grade, and we have a saying in education uh, that in first and second grade, most of your time is spent learning to read, but by the time you reach third and fourth grade, uh, you are really reading to learn. So you're picking up a book to gain more information about something. And when I encounter a third or a fourth grader who is still struggling to uh, learn to read, then I, um, I start to question whether there might be some learning challenges involved. Denise, at that point then, when you're seeing that, what can you do as a teacher? Well, my first uh, response is to do some further assessment. Uh, over the years, I've learned that if you don't know uh, your letters and sounds, then putting together that mystery of reading uh, is a little more challenging. So I usually pull out some resources that my district has supplied for me as, whether, uh, as well as some other things that I've uh, gained along the way um, in my dyslexia training. And I use those to do a full assessment of letters and sounds to see where I need to begin my instruction with that student. Very cool. So I know that you're trying to do your part in helping with dyslexia and just really trying to make sure that they gain as much knowledge and as easy as how it needs to work with them. So tell me a little bit about the brain box. Well, the, the brain box is really the result of many years of working with kids to bring out uh, their creative abilities. I've been involved with Destination Imagination for um, a couple of decades, and it, specifically with dyslexia and other learning challenges, my, my heart really breaks for kids who are clearly bright, uh, but are having a learning challenge in a certain area. So the brain box is filled with materials that allow children not only to tinker or play with those materials, then to practice some uh, directed, uh, uh, I guess in this last one, some builds. They built three things, uh, given a pattern, and then they're challenged to build the tallest tower, build the longest bridge, um, 
And finally, to create something unique, something that no one has ever seen before, and to name it and tell uh, what good it will do for the world. So the Brain Box is really trying to get kids to start thinking about their abilities at, on a different level. You know, I, I think about that and I think about what that would do for that child, you know, just on a psychological level to have them do something that they're good at. Um, how, how, it, how do you think that that is going to really help these children? Well, um, I'm sad to tell you that by third or fourth grade, some kids with dyslexia and other learning challenges don't feel so uh, optimistic about learning and about themselves. I've had a saying for the last couple of decades, and that is if you leave third or fourth grade not believing you're a learner, then I've failed because there's a lot of schooling and learning to do. We all know it doesn't really stop with 12th grade as far as learning. So I believe that by finding a child's strengths, you can really, uh, really bring out the best in them. And I find that kids work harder on the things that are a challenge if they have something to look forward to. That is really awesome. So tell us some advice that you would give to those struggling with dyslexia and to those like parents and or more teachers trying to work with dyslexics. Uh, the reality is that depending where you live, uh, there are different laws and there are different uh, things that teachers are able to do and tell you. I happen to be from Wisconsin and in Wisconsin, we are, we don't really do our part in diagnosing a child. So we might feel that there's a learning challenge uh, going on and we might bring that to the parents. But I always say parents are a child's first teacher and they, most parents before I ever bring to them a concern I have, have already had that concern themselves. So I would really encourage parents to go with their gut. You know your child best. If um, I hear from parents that, you know, the homework is taking hours, there's, there's crying, there's um, tantruming, that shouldn't be really you know, homework is designed to be about 10 minutes per grade level. So even that seems excessive some nights, right? 40 more minutes for a fourth grader. But if you're experiencing some of those things, reach out, let someone know. And um, dyslexia, you know, can present itself in lots of different ways. And unfortunately, some kids aren't diagnosed until they're older or even adults, right? <laughs> so anything that we can do to uh, bring some relief to the struggling learner. Yeah, I know they say that 80% of children with dyslexia never get diagnosed in school. And I can't imagine, you know, like the loss potential. Um, it's, it's, it's sad to think about that. 
But let's focus on something positive because there's so many positive things about having dyslexia. And Presley and I both know that because we're both dyslexic. Um, what would you say are some of the greatest strengths that a child with dyslexia will have? I really see that creativity piece, the ability to design the imagination and uh, to think outside the box. Uh, sometimes my challenged learners have the most creative solutions. And if you think about it, they've been solving problems for a long time. Uh, they're just different problems than perhaps some others have been solving. So I know that people with kids with dyslexia thrive in the creative part, but what happens if they just can't get their grades up and do their work and get, you know, A's and B's in their classes and they just work so hard? What happens if they can't do that? So you're likely talking about a little older kids. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, by the time you get to middle school or you get to high school, that is really where I would uh, encourage parents if they notice or kids to speak up uh, for themselves. I know that no one really wants to have a special education label or, um, but I always tell parents that not to think about the label, but to think about the possible help that could come with that. I'm thinking, um, Janie, about a young lady that you and I know that was in my cl classroom. She was in third grade by the time, luckily she was diagnosed very early, but the change in her because she knew there was a reason yes. for her struggle. Um, and I can only imagine how that could feel for an older child who'd been struggling for a long time. Denise, thank you so much um, for being our guest today. There's so many things we could talk about, um, you know, and as a teacher for that many years, I can't even imagine, you know, the knowledge and the tools that you have. But in closing today, um, what advice would you give to a parent? I know we've talked a little bit about it um, for parents to speak up. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes I feel like they, but they don't know how to speak up or what to say. What would, you, what would your advice be to them? I know the kids, the students that I have uh, been able to help best uh, have come from families where the, the family has first sought help from the family physician. They have had um, an assessment done on their child, either uh, through their pediatrician or through a psychologist. And if you come to the school with documentation that your child is dyslexic, they are bound by law to help your child. So um, I know that that's not within the realm of everybody uh, to be able to do that. But um, if you don't speak up to anyone else, but your child's individual teacher and let them know that you are concerned so that he or she can dig a little deeper. Um, I would say that is definitely the place to start. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we're going to put um, all of your information in our social media posts. If you would like to learn more about the Brain Box, please reach out to Denise. And Presley, thank you so much. My dyslexia jewel, I love you. And um, just thank you. Thank you. Um, I hope that, and I, I feel that this is so inspirational that we can always know that these children are so smart and they're so creative. And like what you were talking about, Denise, um, if you notice something, just speak up, have the conversation. It's okay, right? It's all right. It's, actually, it's a actually empowering to the child to know that there is a reason for his or her struggle. That's right. And that could literally change their life forever. I so. think absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are signing off and we will see you on the next Dyslexia Jewels. Thank you.